Hey everyone, welcome back to the Breaking Western podcast. We are now in season two. Influential people of the Western industry. Our guest today could have fit into literally every season we have planned for this podcast. She is a multiple time world champion, owner of multiple successful and amazing brands and influential to thousands of people with a combined following on Instagram alone (laughs) of over half a million people. (laughs) Today, we welcome the 2014 WNFR 2018 AQHA world champion barrel racer, owner of Ranch Dressin, the saddle sack. Oh my gosh, so many influential, badass things. Let's welcome on Fallon Taylor. Yay! take the rodeo announcer's mic before you run and just let them please do because they say the same thing like every rodeo it's like let's go girls and then they go you've been cheering for the cowboys all night are you ready to cheer for some cowgirls and i'm like guys uh, oh, I, we got a long way to go. God, we just went off on we this. We just talked like, about this. At a rodeo maybe two, three weeks ago. Yes. And Angela and I were sitting there just with our jaws on the bed of the truck listening <laughs> to this announcer be like, isn't she cute? She can't rope, but at least she's pretty. Like, get out of here. And you're like, wow, if, if, if like the feminazis got a hold of this, you yes. guys... Yes. It would be over. Like, it Done. would be over. I'm telling you, any feminist group watched it, they'd be like, okay, my dad, he gets a kick out of it because he's so about empowering women. Oh. And so he um, is so about it. And the other day we drove into a rodeo in Ocala, Florida, and it said, cowboys turn here. And I go, but dad, where do the cowgirls go? And he <laughs> laughed because he, like, he gets it. And I was like, what about the cow people? And, like, he, he totally gets that I'm a visionary and – want everything to be like so inclusive so it's really nice that i have a dad like that because he's like you know he doesn't just say sit down little girl he, he gets it, he totally gets it. <laughs> sitting here like my, my whole body is just covered in goosebumps this happens to me uh, probably once an episode <laughs> so good <laughs> Obviously, you're iconic, and I would say progressive in so many ways, Um, but let's just start off by talking about style, because I feel like that's one way that you have been extremely influential with. Um, So, Fallon, tell us a little bit about where did your style come from, and how has it kind of evolved? That's really interesting, because I feel like one of the least stylish people I know, and so I feel like I've kind of borrowed everything. Um, I love the idea of the... um, I think this is really popular right now, so I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary, but I love the idea of being a really old school entertainer, like the 1800s kind of cowgirls. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, that's where my event started. So if you call um, the PRCA, the PRA, wherever, and you ask them where did barrel racing start, they really don't have an answer for you. Um, so my very best research is that we were a clown act for mm-hmm. them to load the bulls. And yes. so that that was kind of where it was. So it's, it's meant to be very entertaining and I've been grateful enough or, and super thankful to have been awarded um, the Jerry Taylor best dress award several times. And I think that's really, really cool. But where this all started was just me trying to scream out while using the only thing I had, you know, we don't spend a lot of time in the arena. So, you know, as a calf ripper rides up on his calf he has six seconds for it to stay tied, and he could take a moment, and he could show you his religious beliefs. He can show you his sponsor patches. Um, he can, as he backs in the box, play his favorite song at the NFR, where I don't have those same choices. So I run down the alleyway to White Wedding nine times out of ten. And <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Let's watch that here. I come. 
you break them down the alleyway. And I'm like, okay. And, and you make a run, but if you don't win the whole thing, you don't get that chance to have a victory lap. And a lot of rodeos don't give us a victory lap. So, you know, just trying to scream out um, and break away from anonymity is where this came from. So, you know, my first clothes were spray painted in my wash rack in my barn as just a way to be like, hey, I'm somebody and I have something to say and I really want you to see me. And I feel like I'm getting lost in this sea here. Like, look over here. I have something to say. And, you know, of course, I feel like every pioneer has the arrows in their back. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've caught a lot of flack for it. And I think people are like, you know, there's still people. My hair has not been red since 2014. And there's still people that are like, I didn't even recognize you without your red hair. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So they have you stuck in their mind as this one thing. You know, I haven't worn, worn tie-dye in a long time, but they have an image in their head. You know, mm-hmm. and right now I'm wearing like Spanx leggings and a crop top. And hoops, you know, like, I think people think like, oh, she has red hair and she wears tie dye all the time. And it's like, yeah, but I also like dress like, you know, I'm going to the gym nine times out of a hundred. I'm just trying to allow my sport to be heard. And so you may see that as one thing, but for me, it represents a little internet soapbox, if you will. My, my mind is just like blown <laughs> sitting here right now thinking about this because Really, yeah, clothing, we talk about this all the time, how, like, clothing and style is a statement, but you're using it here to give a voice to an entire platform. Right. I I want to be heard, and, you know, with that comes so much um, not fun stuff, so much um, with the territory. I, I If I ever do get qualified back for the NFR, I've got a whole thing planned to put on lip gloss with that camera right there in the alleyway. Oh, yes. Oh, like, man. Yes, that monster. You know, of like, <laughs> oh, she's only concerned with how she looks. And I'm like, don't you guys see the bigger picture? And um, for me, I was so relieved to see this interview with Dolly Parton where she talked about, like, you guys are looking at wigs and <laughs> rhinestones and you don't, like, I'm just laughing. Yes. And I'm like, she is, I get you as a human right now because it's like you guys I don't wake up and go you know what I want to just wear the craziest thing I can ever wear today I just want I feel like people paid money to be there the original idea was for us to be entertainers Mm -hmm. and at the same time I don't want to be a clone of the person in front of me I want somebody to be able to point and go that's the girl that has something to say and be able to pick me out from a mile away and so yeah black is my favorite color um you know, I get my rigs wild and in the arena, I am wild, but I'm just trying to be a great representative representative and a good steward of what I think a lot of um, female athletes have to say. Absolutely. And I think it's really powerful to be able to honor the history of the sport yes. while also challenging the system yes. in which it exists today. Because I'm so not a cowgirl. Like, I, I want everybody <laughs> to understand I'm an equine engineer. Ah, like, uh, I am not a cowgirl. Like I'm simply a pilot. And I think it's really cool because I really, when I think about it, like I feel, I, well, I, I say I'm not a cowgirl. I don't have a herd of cows that I tend. Mm-hmm. And you guys had a podcast with someone that said something very similar of yeah, like, yeah. I think it was Allie Falcon. And she was just like, listen, I barely know the lingo. Like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. own a gray felt. And I feel like that's like what it takes to be a cowgirl. <laughs> It's like, I, you need to be, like, I'm just not, 
you know, if you told me to go untie calves, I'd be like, yeah, good story. Um, <laughs> Around <laughs> the bunny hole, I'm all the ear through. <laughs> not that I'm above it, but I feel like maybe I am a cowgirl. Now that I've kind of, I've listened to your podcast and I was like, you know what? Maybe I am a cowgirl. We, we grow our own herds. I only ride what we breed. We mm. only breed enough to ride. We do our best to live off the land. We have our own in-house mechanics. I do my best to tend the household to make sure that I'm able to make the bills get paid. And so I started thinking about it. I was like, maybe it was such an enlightening podcast. I was like, maybe I am a cowgirl. Like, maybe I really am. You know, I'm breeding my own livestock. I'm training my own livestock. We have everything in-house. We don't need much from outside sources. And we're able to showcase this sport. So, I, you know, I've kind of changed my mind. First, I thought, you know, maybe I'm not a cowgirl. Maybe I think maybe I am now. Mm, I think a lot of people, too, like, <laughs> they're going to think that they are and then they're really not. You know, mm. like the I think of a lot of stereotypical bull riders that are doing it for, like, the videos and the chicks afterwards. And then they call themselves a cowboy. But they and then on the other side, they can't even ride a horse. So it or they don't open doors ways. or like any of the things that like right, what right, right. I think of cowboy you know, in the 90s, you know, yeah. way different. Yeah. All of the cowboy like chivalry, mm-hmm. like real man stuff is out the window and it's like who can sit on a bull and get a video of it. <laughs> right. And hey, everybody should have some perks. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone should have some perks. Listen, you want to pick up some chicks after you get off a bull? Like I'm here for it. Like your side hustle for what you do. Like that's great. I get to, I get to do things, make cool videos too. Like I'm all about the perks of a job. There are benefits with every job and I totally get that. However, I don't want to take any credibility away from the forefathers of this extremely amazing uh, background. And I did not grow up this way. So I find it very cool, you know, that, that we get to do this still. I just think it's really cool. Absolutely. So you've been doing this and really been in the public eye since you were like 13. Yeah, so I turned pro when I was seven. I think the very first um, negative article that was written about me was when I was nine years old. So oh. I just had a go of it. It's been 31 years wow. of being in the sport and um, I've seen it all. I've heard it all, which is um super fun you know like I I've gotten to see it from all sides and gotten to see some of our most um legendary cowboys and cowgirls in the prime of their careers so I think that that's just also really really cool Uh, but yeah I've been at this a while and when I think of you I think of longevity because it is easy to not that it's easy to start a business but it's a lot easier to start something than to stay with it and, to, and stay, to stay relevant. Yeah, to stay relevant and true to yourself over a long enough period of time that you have, like, what you want for the duration. So talk to us a little bit about, like, staying centered and grounded while you're trying to do those things and constantly be innovative and be in the public eye and hear all of these things to still be, like, the Fallon Taylor at home who's not wearing the lashes and the tie-dye, which people seem to think that you Who's wear. in her leggings and hoops. Yeah. I'm still wearing the lashes. <laughs> <laughs> My lashes are on, girl. Um, I like. I I feel like. I think that I've gotten maybe a little bit too much credit for things looking very calculated and like I'm some like genius. Mm-hmm. And while I'd love to pat myself on the back, I think I've just gone with my gut on everything and been like, I just really, I'm one of my biggest fears is to be complacent or 
to be predictable. And I think when you're scared to be complacent or predictable, it makes you look revolutionary or like a genius. So like all of a sudden, just one day I was like, guys, we're not wearing tie dye this year. I'm doing only Canadian tuxedos and I'm wearing a wild drag every single day. And I'm wearing a straw hat in the summer when nobody's looking. And that's what I'm doing. And everybody was like, all right, man. Like, what phase is this? And some, I feel like some of the things that I've done, I've just wanted to explore everything that life has to offer. Mm. So as people see me step away from things, you know, I think you have to learn and grow and experience culture and experience new things before you could come back. You know, you see people do that writing albums all the time. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, I've got to go yes. get away and experience yeah. new things. And, um, yeah, I'm a total hippie and Angela has guided me through, um, yoga sessions and I'm totally into experiencing very new things and always broadening my horizons. And I try to always get myself to watch videos and learn about things that I are in direct opposition to what I believe. Mm. Um, just because it may spark something that I've never thought about before. And I've definitely taken my time in 2020 to do that because why be stuck in, a rut and and as much as I love rodeo it is horribly redundant yes um <laughs> so it you know it's the exact same thing every single day at the rodeo that you get to um I can't find my way geographically out of a cul-de-sac or a paperback but I can get you from my home to Nampa Idaho with my eyes closed and drive you straight in the contestant gate and show you where hospitality is mm. so you know that just tells you like it's, it can be redundant And so I feel like bringing a new experience for me of like riding, you know, training new cults and going and showing those cults or bringing a new message or learning to ride in a helmet or videoing the whole experience or whatever I can bring back to a sport that, you know, culturally stays the same all the time. If I can bring a new experience to it or a new audience to it, just like by riding jumping horses for a season and then coming back. It was really cool to hear the rumors about me. It was like, no, no, she exclusively rides jumping horses now. She and I was like, well, she does. World. She's gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I just try to bring something new back to the sport, I yeah, guess. Right. And we've loved watching the vlogs. I think it is so interesting that we think of this career being something that you're in the arena for 15 seconds and then that's like all you do all the time. But really the majority of your job is like being a truck driver. As far as right. rodeo is it's, concerned. <laughs> that's what's really crazy is I think people are like, I think when I hear the perception of me from certain audiences, I'm like, you know, you always want to know what your identifiers are when you leave the room. Like, how do you describe me when I leave the room? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really funny because people leave out, you know, mechanic, truck driver, um, you know, just just the logistics of where we go is really crazy and I'm really good at it like I'm damn good at logistics and I'm really (laughs) proud of it but I love that people don't see all of it I think that there is still some mystery of it and I love um I love being an underdog that's really hard when you achieve a level of success in Mm -hmm. anything um you're never thought of as the underdog anymore you know you're thought of the person that um people have really high expectations and that kind of pressure is not always fun you know, you win the world once and people are like, yeah, but I bet you can't do it again. I mean, five mm. minutes after. Yeah, and you're like, you maybe I won't. I don't know. It's like, well, she'll never do it again. And you're like, why do I have to do it again? Right. Yeah, I right, literally right. just did that. So <laughs> fun to try to put a twist on it, for sure. That's, I mean, amazing that you've achieved this level of success and, like, continue pushing, even though it sounds like you didn't 
really always see yourself as maybe being this voice in the industry or like ever considered an influencer? Yeah, I mean, that, what a stupid choice on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb, dumb choice. Um, you know, you you think like, I'm going to make some changes and I, I really hope that I was named after a character on a show called Dynasty and I really feel like names and, you know, things that your parents hope for you could be really prophetic. And I feel like when people speak things over you, that's also could be very prophetic where, mm-hmm. you know, and it could be good or bad. You could get labeled in a good way or labeled in a bad way. And unfortunately for everyone, fortunately for me, you typically live up to those things, um, you know, however you are labeled. And for me, you know, my parents always taught me, you know, you need to leave a dynasty because that's all you have when you're gone. Mm -hmm. is that, you know, you have this dynasty of what you are able to change or make better in the, on the planet. And when you have, I wouldn't say rodeo is a large platform. Um, it's growing every day, which is really, really cool. But I feel like in my little corner of the earth, if I could make helmets a little cooler to a five-year-old kid and maybe she skips out on death, maybe later she cures cancer. I don't know. They had some small hand in that, like how cool would that be? Um, but you know, with that comes such a responsibility and so much um, opinionated speech on your journey. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I'm that I realize and I'm, I'm learning this, I'm hopefully always learning. But this week, I think what I'm learning is that no matter if you choose the backseat and to shut up and be a good little girl and don't say anything and conform to absolutely everything, someone's still going to have an opinion. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel like social media, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, social media is bad and, um, you know, whatever. I feel like people are good or they're bad. People are jerks or they're kind. People have the choice and the freedom, thank goodness, to be whoever it is that they want to be. Social media does nothing but expose that. You can't be, you know, you can't, you can't pretend to be a good little girl forever if you're not. And you can't pretend to be, I just feel like it, it exposes people, good or bad, for what they are. And you can either be outspoken and take the flack, or you can sit in the back seat and shut up and take the flack. But either way it's coming, why not make some cool stuff happen or change something for the better if you got to take it anyway? So that's what I've kind of learned this week from life. So we just kind of briefly touched on the helmet thing, and we wanted to really bring that up because... To me, that's probably one of the most influential things I've seen as an outsider of what you have been able to impact in this world. And I own one of your Troxel helmets. That's the Valentiner on the side. I was just, we went to a road trip in Chicago yesterday to do some working equitation with three Arabians and everybody had their Taylor helmets on. You go to rodeos and see little girls in tie-dye, like... There's just, you've been so influential. Like, what does being an influencer mean to you now that you've seen your influence? I have never, ever thought of myself as an influencer. I, you know, even the word is still odd to me. Um, I think I'm, I think I might just be a loudmouth athlete. I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like my friends are really good influencers because, like, I swipe up on their stuff. Like, I'm in the car with them. And I'm like, ooh, I need that Instapot. Like, <laughs> like, ooh, oh, that's really like, ooh, that's a good idea. And I feel like maybe, maybe that's what I think of as an influencer is like, wow, like you guys like show me inside of your world and make me 
really feel like I want to be a part of that. I feel like me, I'm just standing out on a rock going, hey, let's be safe while we do this. <laughs> be really cool. Like blowing your lifeguard whistle. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, wear, some, wear some tie-dye. They won't pick on other stuff like your small trailer. Like, <laughs> like, just don't, yeah, don't do that. Give them something else to look at. Um. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, don't, don't say that. We love everyone. There's no reason to pick on skin color here. Which is so funny when, like, the way people see you from the outside versus the way you see yourself. Because Angela and I, as we were talking about you and kind of preparing for this for this conversation, we were like, "Well, no, we're like, (laughs) Fallon probably does the the best job of anyone in the industry of really like letting people in behind the scenes and showing." people like what not only what you're doing but like you said like your friends are also really great um Mm -hmm. at opening up their worlds to to other people and like people really feel like they know you and like what a testament because as like a new person kind of to the industry and us showing up in Vegas and Angela like okay Fallon's a here. I like told her I would come (laughs) say hi and we get there and I'm thinking that we're just gonna like walk up and be like Yes, hello, Fallon. Like, how naive of me. But um, like, we get there. It, like, it's an hour in advance, which she failed to tell me. And the line is already, like, out the door. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, it was amazing. And so to hear you sit here being like, no, I'm really, like, I'm not. I'm just like a girl on the horse. I'm just, like, telling people to wear a helmet. <laughs> We're like, girl, you are a celebrity. <laughs> So, like, how do you, I guess then my question then is, how do you, how do you balance all of that, right? Like, this, Mm. this perception of yourself just as a, you know, a normal person (laughs) who's trying to live their life and, like, have friends and have a husband and do what you love, but also. If you, if you let go of that now, if you let go of that, we go 07 Britney. Like, I've always told Uh. myself, like, sis led by example. If you don't have all of this, like, really under wraps, like, you don't know yourself and know who your friends are, like, things can derail. So, like, you don't need to think you're a celebrity at any point. Or else, like, I don't care how long the line is, like, you still got to do the dishes at Thanksgiving. Like, I still sit at the kitty table holidays. Like, I, like, there's, like, I'm still, like, shunned if the family functions are like, listen, you came too late in life, you got to sit over there. Like, I don't know who you are on Instagram, you got to sit over there. I also think that, so essentially, like, let's call it what it is. When you're on Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, et cetera, you are talking to yourself. Yes. Like, you are holding a phone Uh up in front of your face and you're talking to yourself. You look like a crazy person. I have to imagine that I am talking, when I meet people and I see, like, everybody's like, oh, you you make it feel like you're talking to me. I am talking to you. Otherwise, I'm talking to myself and Mm -hmm. I've lost my mind. <laughs> I am talking to you. Like and everybody like I do coaching groups and Angela's in one of those and they're like, yeah. Oh, it's like you remember who I am and you know who I am. Boo. I know extensively who you are. Otherwise I'm just a crazy person that likes to look at myself. Like I love I love 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 the show Shits Creek. Oh and yes. the, I love it so much. Like, I love Moira more than anyone should love Moira on the show. And if you've never watched the show, this is a shameless plug. Swipe up to watch Shit's Creek. Um, I love Shit's Creek because Moira, she's so eloquent and she's so like, 
she's so self-centered without ever knowing it. And she said, oh, social media is that that um, adult circus for the clinically narcissistic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, it's oh, the adult it circus for the clinically narcissistic. There it That's is. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so to not feel clinically narcissistic in the adult circus, I have to know, like, exactly who I'm talking to, exactly who's behind that. Or else, then what's the point? What are you doing besides just using some filters and doing your hair every day? Like, oh, that's hell weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. Well, so, I think that should be a really big takeaway then for people is that like social media is people. just a platform. Yeah. And you have to remember at the end of the day, like you're using this to actually connect with people, not just broadcast an image. Uh, that's weird, right? Yeah. Like, am I right? Like, that's yeah. weird. It's so bizarre. Also, all I can think of since you said Moira is you now calling baby flow like bebe flow. <laughs> like, bebe. <laughs> David. I would like to say that right when quarantine started, I was like, I just need Alexis to go, ew, COVID. And and somebody, I had a fan promise to drive to, I guess Schitt's Creek is like a real place or wherever that they film it. And they were going to drive to the welcome sign and do that for me. They didn't, but I still love them for even offering. Because I waited so patiently for that DM to come in and it never came. Well, but hey, uh, anonymous fan, if you're listening, if you've, you're been listening you've been called out. out. <laughs> please, please. Social media and the whole thing is is really bizarre. So I hope that when I meet, you know, the person that's struggling through their journey and they hear me say, hey, this has been a complete shit show today. Um, but somehow I made it through. And I think that I made it through because of this, this or that thing. Um, hopefully that helps you. The other thing. I feel like, um, Abby, I don't know you well enough, but Angela, I, I feel like I know you well enough to say I'm on this journey of like trying to experience a higher version of myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what's really strange is that there's one version of myself that I'm always reaching to be. And then there's one version of myself that can still reach back and help the person that has no idea what I'm talking about. And oh. the inertia of those two, one may go faster than the other. Like I may learn at a higher rate than Instagram is ready for there's a lot of things that I learned and experienced throughout my journey that it's like, yeah, but the 12 year old girl probably isn't there yet. So, you know, in my home, I'm getting to experience, um, you know, a little bit more mindfulness and a little bit more of slowing down, but I, I'm no longer relatable to the person that just doesn't get why I would do that. So, you know, those two worlds do collide from time to time for me where I want to grab people by the shirt and be like, don't you see we need to slow down or we need to do this thing or we need to whatever. But you know, social media is not a place to preach at people, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, I'm not able to say maybe all of the things that I want to say, but um, I try to be as inclusive as I can to say things, you know, at the top of my lungs and try to let people hear it wherever they're at. So yeah, I, I think I think I'm doing a good job. I don't know. Some days I do great. Today I'm doing like garbage. Um, <laughs> I'm here. I'm do. I'm doing it. You know, that's all it's part great. of the journey, and that's such a powerful, powerful thing to remember. Is that actions always speak louder than words, and it's mm. so important to lead by example. The best surprise has been meeting Fallon and knowing that she is literally the same person online as she is in person 
And I don't know why that makes me tear up every time I hear it, but thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if it's like, I don't know. There's a lot of, I'm not a barrel racer. There's a lot of stereotypes out there about maybe like shallow, like image centered. And that goes with a lot of people. Like I'm a country music artist and same thing. Like if you wear fake eyelashes, like all of a sudden you don't care about anything else, but your eyelashes. And it was like, I don't know if that was what it was that meeting you and you, then, then you weren't shallow and then you weren't two-faced and then you weren't fake I don't know what it was but it was just the coolest thing I don't think you could be online and fake it every day and I know you've talked about that but it's so true like it is exhausting to project inspiration and positivity every day and have it just be all bullshit and yeah there's and I've gotten to see that um over time it's been you know 31 years I've gotten to see people go I'm going to you know, oh, I'm going to beat you in this race of whatever it may be, whether, you know, podcasting or YouTube or standings or whatever, whatever it could be. And you're like, listen, this is the tortoise and the hare of you want that because you want some sort of clout that goes with it. Mm. You have to genuinely respect the people. People are not stupid. And for you to think that they are and they don't see through um, whatever you're projecting is calling your audience ignorant. And that's just rude. And don't try, don't, don't, it's rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. And you should not try to project something and just assume the people around you aren't going to catch on. Yeah. You know, because that's just assuming that the, that the ever, you can kind of bum fuzzle everybody around you. And, you know, people are insanely, and people pick up on things that I do that I don't know that I do. Because they're watching me, you know, it's the Truman Show. They're like, they're watching me live. And then this one lady was like, oh, you know how you say this before you do that every day? And I'm like, what? Like, Wait, come again? Well, no, like that. Well, one, that's annoying. And, <laughs> and two, also very creepy that you picked up on that. And I need to really watch it. And then I decided, you know, what would be worse is to censor myself, which I'm already very censored because I'm aware of who my audience is. And I've been entrusted mm. with a with a wide age age range of people. I'm not censored because I don't have those same human emotions. I censor myself out of respect to the parents that allow their children to watch me mm. on various platforms. So it's like I'm aware of that. But at the same time, I think if you become too aware of certain things, then you're just such like talking mannequin. Yeah. And right. that's also not cool. People see right through it. I've thought about that, you know, with music do I leave this cuss word out? Is this cuss word okay? And all of a sudden people are bringing their kids up like, she wants to be you someday. I'm like, oh, sweetie, mm. aim higher. But it's like, you know. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's like, oh, you I hope confused. you're happy. Thanks, babe. <laughs> but it's, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, I, I'm not trying to, like, shame other women or anything, but there are big, big, big celebs. I mean, like, 60 million follower celebs. And the days that I feel like, man, I'm doing a really crappy job, I go and look at their Instagram of like their belties, you know, like mm-hmm. their butt selfies. Yep, yep. And and on the butt selfie says like, wow, you're so inspirational. And I was going to give up before, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Like if people can be inspirational from a belfie, like I'm uh, Lizzo. <laughs> you know, True. like it's fine. Like they're doing way crazier stuff than me wearing a crop top. Yeah. Like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to offend someone. Um, and, you know, that's like, 
that's the world we live in now is like this whole cancel culture thing of just like, mm. you know, you, you didn't say the right thing at the right time. Oh, uh, guess what, Bob? We're human. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite quote ever is the, it's not the critic who counts. And I just think about that all the time with like, if somebody's not in the arena, you're not competing, like nobody else needs to make fun of you. Nobody needs to say how they could do it better because they're not. Right. And I think too, like what you said, Don, just, I keep thinking about like restriction versus respect. And I think that really Ah, comes in is that like when you censor yourself for the sake of a critic, then you're restricting yourself. But if you're doing it for a fan, that's about respect. And I think that's right. Boom. Boom. <laughs> We're, you know, that's like, I think a, a fine line that people in the spotlight really have to, to walk. That was, that was deep. That was deep. <laughs> I don't know Damn. where that came from. Damn. <laughs> that's why we're friends. <laughs> I said like, one, one good thing a month. <laughs> She's like, I'll keep I'm her. Like, oh, perfect. Let's make a podcast. Like, goes, goes on a t-shirt immediately. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of friends, enough about social media. Let's transition yeah. to real life. Real life stuff. Yes. Whether you're in the spotlight or not, you know that the people you surround yourself with, you become. Mm-hmm. You're inspired by, you turn into, you get drug away and drugged down by. Talk a little bit about, um, obviously, Jesse and Cody. Um, like, what the importance of are the people that are in your life right now? Like, how have they made you become where you are today? Man, support. Like I and I put this on an Instagram caption. I've got more support in my friend group and in my marriage than a sports bra. Like I with an underwire, with underwire. Like I am supported, and that's what's really, really cool. Um, and on my podcast, I talk a lot about you know leaving out those toxic relationships. Yes. So much because I have given a lot of time to and dedicated my platform to a lot of friendships that weren't really friendships or a lot of things that were really toxic. And I want to be very clear. That was the fault of no one else's, but mine. Mm -hmm. So I had to really do a lot of inward searching about why did I feel the need to pick up a stray and coddle it and do all of these things and lend my platform and really feel like I was doing something when thousands of people could have been getting that information and thousands of people could have been being helped. What was it about me that made me feel like I needed to do that? Um, and it all comes down to, I feel like it's, it's a lot imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. um, which is where you feel like you somehow lucked into all of this, even though like everyone around you has seen you do the hard work and everybody around you, but maybe the critics have gotten in your ear a little bit and you feel like maybe you didn't deserve everything and every, every level they've gotten to. So then you reach backwards and you go like, yeah, okay, I'm totally an imposter and somebody's going to find me out one day. So I'm just going to start doing these good deeds and pick up people with broken wings and let them dump all their garbage on me um, as a form of abuse because maybe it'll make me feel less privileged, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, would be the right word. And so I feel like people experience that on some level as you begin to kind of learn who you are and learn who the people around you are as you figure out who it is. I did not think my friend group right now would be my friend group 10 years ago. Mm. You know, I really thought like, oh, the people that were more into this or more into that would be the people that would support me through this. I never thought that my fully tattooed husband that listens to heavy metal would be like, go down the road. This is who you are. Go, I support you. I'll take care of literally everything at the house and not feel make you feel guilty at all whatsoever. Aww. Go do your thing. And I'm just like, how how did I get so lucky 
and how, you know, like my dog trainer is one of our closest friends in our friend group. Like, um, someone that I met off of Instagram that worked out with me is now, you know, really close in our friend group. It's just, it's crazy because I thought I would be surrounded by people that were into the identical thing as me. And what I've learned is friends are spices and they need to bring something to the table Mm. that shows you something way outside of your comfort zone that are very like, you know, I I get to see my friend be a mommy. I'm like, maybe I want to do that. Like I get to see my friend be sequel all the way into her late twenties and just go, you guys are stupid. Why'd you date so early? And I'm like, I, I don't know, Cody. I don't <laughs> shut up. I don't know. And she's like, I've learned so much from you guys. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> boom roasted. Like, wow. Okay. Bye. <laughs> you know, I just, but just like she found her vibe and she's so secure in that. And now I'm like, maybe I can be really secure in my vibe. Mm. And like, you know, all of the different friends that have been added, all those different flavors. And y'all, they look to me like a leader. And so that's really cool because the responsibility I see when I make a change in my life, I I get to see people around me make those changes. And so I realize my responsibility to the group. So I don't need to be so sheepish, Mm -hmm. which is kind of my go-to thing is like, oh, I'm just going to hide under here. I've learned now that maybe I need to lean into that role a little bit more. And if I didn't have so much support, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to step out and be like, hey, I don't believe in that. Not going down that. I'm actually going to speak about that publicly. And because I know I have five or six people that are there to catch me when all the darts get thrown my direction. So, um, and I've learned you don't need many. And you get told that your whole life. But you don't believe people. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they mean everything to me. Yeah, my friend group is absolutely everything. Well, that's amazing. And it really, it reminds me of what you were just saying earlier about how you're constantly seeking material that like challenges your beliefs or is different than what you're doing. And I think that's so important in friend groups too, especially friends who you are like working with or going into business with or spending all of your time with that you're not in that little echo chamber of people who are constantly just validating everything you do. Because that can get so toxic. Because if they love everything that I love or we all listen, you know, we all have similarities. Obviously it's what brought us together. But right. if I don't have, if I don't have somebody go, Hey, love that. That was a great idea. <laughs> that was a great starting point. But why don't you think about this other perspective? You know, mm-hmm. if I just kept people around me, um, and, and here's the thing that I've always struggled with. My friends also work with me. So, you know, you could easily have people go, Oh, they just tell you that because they also work for you. My friends would leave in a heartbeat if I did something crazy. Like my friends are independent, amazing, hardcore, believe what they believe women. And so like every time we see somebody with like, you know, a bad haircut or didn't make such a great decision, we're like, they need a new friend group. Because I, would have, I wouldn't have walked out the door and somebody gone, Fallon, don't do that today. Like, you know, hey, dude, you know what? Let's let's rethink this for a minute. They don't just go, you know what? You are a walking genius and you are a two-time world champion and you everything you do is the greatest idea I've ever heard. Um, they challenge me daily, daily. Like my husband is one of the best at that too. And we all have a group chat. So we all like have a group chat and we text 900 times a day, Cody, Jesse, Alex, and Jesse's husband. Like we all are talking all the time about how we can be better or I mean, we're literally texting about our diets or what we added to our goal sheets or what we feel like we accomplished on our goal sheets that week. Um, 
And I feel like that's powerful. It's so powerful. And I, I wish that for everyone. It takes a while to find that too, because like you said, it goes back to self-worth. Like mm -hmm. how much do you value yourself? What people, what do you put out that brings people to you? Um, side note, I think Alex is great because he's from the Midwest. Obviously he we was raised well. Um, <laughs> he's got a, I pick on him about his accent for certain words, but, um, we love him through that. Yeah. You know, yeah. The man that cannot way. say bagel correctly. Oh. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> Bag is a hard word. Um, I know. But we, we have family in Wisconsin and, um, I feel like it's such a nice, change of pace and i will say this and i don't want any people from the south to attack me because i'm from florida <laughs> got to texas quickly i don't want anybody to attack me but i feel like the midwest might be more i don't know the right adjective i'm trying i'm looking for the more punchy i, I feel like agree. they might yeah. have just a little bit more grit than we think we have because we've always we been have, underestimated here, here's one word that will describe it to you winter we have winter <laughs> I roll my eyes, Fallon, is when I watch your Instagram stories and it's like, it's so cold today. It's like 40 degrees out. I'm like, girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and to, to take up for my, to take up for myself, North Texas, 40 degrees <laughs> with 60 mile an hour winds. You have people from the Midwest that are like, OMG, it's so much colder down here than I thought. And I'm like, I know. Like, I, and I'm always like, don't come for me, Canada, you know? <laughs> That's true. Don't come for me. Last week's guest was from Canada, so we're really transitioning. We're really, we're just wow, covering the whole, the whole spectrum. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You guys, this podcast is killer. I'm so just like, I'm impressed with Breaking Western. Thank oh, you. You know, the imposter syndrome thing, I mean. It's hard. It's really hard. And honestly, Fallon, like, I feel like we owe you a little bit of an apology because we didn't ask you to be on this yet. But we struggled with. I was with. so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> we like tossed it around. We're like, could we like? We could did. We have I didn't Fallon? think we could do it. It was that imposter syndrome. We put you on our list, and we were like, we'll do it anyways. Um, I, we're we're gonna ask. We thought we needed to do it more strategically. Here's the thing: we didn't want to peak so early. Right. <laughs> Where do we go? <laughs> I just, I, I was like, hey, dude, what, is, what the hell? Like, I want to be on this podcast. And I, I'm fortunate, you know, I'm asked to um, do speaking engagements. I'm so blessed for that. I, I'm so blessed that I get the opportunity to do that. But to be honest, I do always turn them down. So it's not like you, I would, you know, I mean, you guys kind of had the right vibe. Of like, oh, she's probably busy. Like, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah. Um, she's probably this, probably that. But like, what you guys are doing are is right in the vein of what I believe in and what I stand for. And I'm so excited that you guys invited me to be a guest um, mm -hmm. because it's just really cool. And everybody starts somewhere and imposter syndrome doesn't go away. You're going to have somebody tell you that you don't deserve the success that you guys have worked so hard for. Yeah. And I hope that you'll go back and listen to this podcast and be like, wait, but I did all the hard work. Are they just mad at their own journey? You know, oh, you have to yeah. just think that, what people project onto you comes from them, not you. So, Absolutely. Um, Damn. yeah, that's, that's coming. It's right around the corner. You've got to gather up some, uh, some new haters. That's when you know you're really killing it. Oh, that's yes. good. That's good. Well, speaking of that, like imposter syndrome, just being on the come up, obviously like you had your start, you've made videos about like daddy's money, all this stuff. And then right. you kind of went through this time of having once again, absolutely nothing. So talk right. to us about, 
coming up as a hustler, when you have limited funds, you have limited resources, uh, maybe you don't have the right people around you? You know, I think that you never learn anything when things are really good. So I think one of the best things that I've done by accident, again, I'm not a calculated genius. Um, one of the best <laughs> things that I've ever done is always when things aren't going smoothly, I try to lean into the struggle. Um, and I'm also a person, this is a really weird thing to say. And if you, if you haven't read a lot of books like this, you'll probably be like, what is she talking about? But um, I really like suffering. Um, I find that I'm a person that feels like if I'm suffering, I'm really doing something. Um, so I like to like take on certain things where I feel like oh, I'm really clawing at this because it makes me work harder. You know, other people work different ways, but for me, like that's really my way. So when, you know, when I was going through this, like, okay, I got to do this all on my own and now I want to rodeo and, uh, mommy and daddy are not there with a Prevost bus to come pick me up. Like, how am I going to afford this? Um, it was it it was such a an amazing learning curve very hard for my parents to watch um very very hard for them to like okay so you have literally 75 cents and you're trying to buy a hot dog in canada and i'm like yeah like that's uh -huh. that's where it's at like that's yeah. where i'm at right now and they're like please let us help um but i feel like in those times is when we learn so much about who we are, how resilient are we, how tenacious are we, who are our friends. Again, um, Jesse and Cody got to see me go through that whole phase, and they got to see that even then I was wearing lashes and dressed up. They, people didn't know that my stuff was from Goodwill and then spray-painted or that my friends made it in their garage. Mm. Um, you know, people had no idea, and, um, you know, perception is not reality. So when people see you know, you going through something, let them see you go through it because later on, they're going to take that away from you. Let them mm -hmm. see you in your rusted out truck and your rusted out trailer. Make sure, let, look at them, point at their eyeballs and point at your eyeballs and go, look at me right now because later on, you're going to say I was gifted all this stuff. Damn. So that's kind of, that's my vibe with struggle is like, get really in the trenches. Like if you feel things aren't going your way, really get in there. Like, get in there where you got to if you got a shower at a truck stop and you can't afford a living quarters trailer or you can't afford what everybody else has lean into that and make sure people see you do it because later on they're going to try to discredit you and say it was a gift uh, yes i hope everybody listening to this takes that away from this whole conversation is that there's there's a story behind every single person especially sure. the people in the spotlight and there's so much to be learned from them um, and that you like, just you, you keep grinding, you keep working hard, you let people know who you are and where you stand and you, and you don't apologize for that. Like you don't back down there. And you know, it's, it's just such a weird thing. Once you, I feel like everybody's story gets pretty redundant and pretty similar when you achieve some level of success, because everybody goes, you know, visualize, meditate, wake up earlier, grind harder, blah, blah, blah. We all sound like a broken record. It sounds like you're trying to sell somebody some ebook, right? Like <laughs> every single person has the exact same story. There's a reason, Karen, that everybody has the exact same story. And that is because it takes the exact same struggle, no matter what you want to achieve. So if you want to, barely get by and barely pay your bills good on you do it but it's going to be the same struggle whether you reach to be the very best at something or whether you reach to simply get by you are going to have the exact same struggle so you might as well go for the biggest thing and fail and end up in the middle 
way above what you expected for yourself than to, you know, try to make yourself kind of live in the shadows. Yes. Wow. I don't even, I don't even know how to wrap this up because there's just so many amazing nuggets from this. I would say anybody that's listening to us definitely needs to go listen to your podcast because a lot of these points have been elaborated on and more there. We struggled with this podcast the most because we're like, what the hell do we ask Fallon Taylor that nobody else has asked her? Um, but we all, you always bring your best, even on days when you Thank haven't slept. You. So we well, you have to just assume that I'm chatty. So <laughs> <laughs> you can be like, Fallon, look at the blade of grass. I'll be like, you know what I learned from blade of grass? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes. This has been just incredible. Thank you, Fallon. Everybody go follow her at the multiple platforms. You have an Instagram for the saddle sack. You have one for Rance Dressen. You have one for Fallon Taylor too. Are you verified yet? Have we gotten that done? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, Instagram is doing something wrong, but whatever. <laughs> they, well, I don't know what they're waiting for, but they're like, well, you know, if you have a lot of fan accounts, that's when we verify you. I'm like, this 3,700 count? Oh I thought like at 100, that would be okay. Yeah. But, and, and shout out to all the fan accounts. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, like, and if Fallon Taylor, just plain old Fallon Taylor on Instagram, if you happen to be listening, if you could please just give me that username since you haven't posted in three years, that'd be legit. Um. Okay. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Fallon. Everybody go check her out. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, literally anywhere you can think of. Go buy everything Ranch Dressin'. They just had some cute tumblers released today. We love everything on there. And we will catch you guys next week on another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast. Bye, guys.